Basically, you have to do your wheel hole impersonation. Yeah, so he's got a wheel impersonation. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have to do it on air. Do it, Eli. You know, I just love our guys, and they bleed black and gold. I mean, they love to be here. <laughs> I love Dude, you have to oh, consider doing that on air. That's going to be hilarious. We'll make we'll just make consider. your dad buy you some pizza or something. Just consider it. Just consider if it, if the spirit consider. moves, Eli. Right. You yeah. to say it. Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are coming live to you tonight with election results. Uh, wait, no, that's not what we're doing. What are we doing? Lane, come on in, man. Straighten me out. What are we doing tonight? I can't help you much with elections, but I can help you with breaking down this football game from last weekend. <laughs> which is going to be, be more fun talking about the elections. Talking about elections, to be honest. This might right. be one of the few times I'd rather talk politics than what we. <laughs> I don't. I don't think politics belong in sports. So. No, no, me so. either. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know the Eagles had a bad week last week. It is mm. what it is, Chuck. We're going to unpack it, it and then we're going to shelf it and move on. We are. And look toward brighter days that are definitely coming ahead this week, right? There are coming ahead, man. I, I feel like I feel a change will do us good. So um I'm I'm anxious to see what they got in store. But you have a unique uh guest tonight. Um yeah. we've never had this before, ever. We're gonna so have a, a father son duo tonight right. as our guest. That's gonna be fun. So uh uh welcome to the show, Eli and Dale Holmes. Welcome to the show, fellas. Hello. What's going on? Now, for the listeners, Dale is the dad and Eli is the son. Eli, how old are you? Twelve. Twelve. Gosh, we haven't been twelve in a long time, guys. Yeah, I've known Eli for a long time. How how long it? How long ago did we work together, Dale? It was what? I was going to ask you the same thing. Uh, about seven years ago, something like um, that. Um. Yes, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Eli was about five or six. I've known him that long, and this kid, he bleeds sports now. He loves him some sports and loves some Southern Miss, so we're going to have some fun tonight. So I think I've known um, Chuck longer, honestly. You may have. Don't y'all go to church together, Chuck? We do. We've known each other a long time, we, but I think we met in college, didn't we, Dale? Yeah, I transferred to USM in 05, so probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I did too. So around there, yeah, the BSU maybe or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. And Dale can play a mean bass. Well, we try, try. He does. See, I didn't know these guys because they're way older than me. I'm the young guy. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the old. Guy. I'm the young guy of the old guys. So. How old were you in 2005, Lane? 
Oh boy, I don't know, man. 15? I can't do math. Uh, I was gonna say I he's mean, not real good at math. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I graduated in two thousand eight, so yeah, I mean, I'd have been probably fourteen, fifteen. I don't mind. You are a baby. I am a baby. That's right. Not as much <laughs> of a baby as Eli is, though. But I will say this: Eli has fantastic taste in NFL teams. Am I right, Eli? Yes, sir. <laughs> Eli, tell, like, tell Eli? the world what team, what NFL team's your favorite. Uh, go Ravens, Big Trust. Big Trust. Big Trust, baby. We just knocked off the Saints last night. What made you become a Ravens fan, Eli? Uncle Lane was a Ravens fan. <laughs> so everybody on my mom's side of the family's from Pittsburgh, so they're all huge Steelers fans. Okay. So I wanted to be the odd one out. Okay. Well, you do you know Sean Chambliss at church? No. Sings at Hunt Club. I don't know if he does or not. But anyway, he's a huge Ravens fan as well. I don't know if y'all knew that. So y'all have to bond with him over that. There's like a couple people in in my neighborhood that are huge Ravens fans. Really? There's like five of y'all. Y'all should start a club. (laughs) (laughs) We can meet at Lane's house. (laughs) Hey, man, it's Ravens Nation, Chuck. Ravens Nation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lane, why don't you kick off the questions for Dale and Eli? All right. Well, let's get it started then, guys. Uh, We ask all of our guests. I guess we'll go Eli first. And then, Dale, I feel like I know Eli's answer on this one. Eli, what makes you an everyday eagle? Why are you a Southern Miss fan? Well, my mom and dad both went there. My mom currently works there. I've just always been around it, and I've just loved it ever since I was first born. Love there it. you go. Good answer. Dale, what about you? Uh, I tend to be a pretty loyal person when it comes to it. I can, my older brother went to USCM and, um, I can remember coming to games back in the early nineties, Marshant Kenny and, and those guys. And, uh, some of the earlier memories of football that I have. And then as Eli said, I uh, came to school here and wound up staying in Hattiesburg. So it's just been, just been part of it ever since. It's always kind of fun to be the underdog when you live in the middle of SEC country. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. So uh, the next question is, what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? So, Eli, what's your favorite Southern Miss moment? I've kind of got two. My first one was probably back in 2016 when we beat Kentucky. Yeah. And ripped off, what, 34 unanswered? Yeah, that was a good game. That was a good game. And then this past year in the regionals when when we beat LSU. You know, that's up there high on my list too, Eli. That one still gives me chills. Oh, yeah. Me and Chuck sat by each other at those games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He saw a side of me that not many have (laughs) seen. So that was a good time. (laughs) I'm not sure if Eli likes that because – USM won or because the LSU lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Any day I hate LSU. Every loses. single SEC school. Man, Eli, you are a kid after my own heart, man. <laughs> I don't like the SEC at all either. Well, Dale, I feel like we'll dig a little bit deeper in the ball here. Dale, what's your favorite Southern Miss moment? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think maybe the one being in person would be. I can remember coming to the TCU game back in oh, whatever year that was, oh five, oh six. 
Yeah, I think it was 03. Was it back to 03 or was it 05? It was 05, I think. No, it, it wasn't 05. That would have been 03 or 04-ish because I was a coal in because we came over from there. Yeah, um, I think it was 03. I think it was 2003. That was a big one. Yeah, I kind of – and one that I – on TV that was most exciting was beating Houston uh, in the conference championship when Case Keenum – when they showed Case Keenum's girlfriend crying on national TV. That was a <laughs> – <that was, laughs> Sorry. Sorry, uh, not sorry. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Great night that was, man. You know, Dale, during pregame, like – so I was working for the team back then. During pregame, I remember I looked up in the stands. Like, I, everybody knew who Case Keenum was. But they genuinely had, like, Case Keenum for Heisman signs everywhere and stuff. Like, they were campaigning for that dude. He was hmm. he was up there, and he was, a, he was, he was an actual contender for, hmm. for it that year. They were good. So that was a big win. Uh, Jamie Collins, I'm pretty sure Case still has nightmares about Jamie Collins. And yeah, I'm sure. No doubt. Day. Or that run Tracy Lampley did going back, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Dale, I want to ask you kind of a, a unique perspective. Um, you know, what's it like taking Eli to football games now? I think the last time, you know, you and I sat together at a game was at the South Alabama game last year in Mobile, and you had Eli with you, and I think it was your dad that was with you. What's it like having that that family atmosphere and taking your son to games now? Yeah, he he's got to. He really enjoys it. Uh, he's around football enough. He kind of understands a little bit about it. Um, and he's pretty much, if you're not Southern Miss, he, he don't like you a whole lot. I can I can go back to when he was. Uh, I guess the last time we were we played Alcorn State in Hattiesburg, he was probably, I don't know, had been five or six, and he looked at some girls that were sitting beside us, and he just said, "Y'all are going to lose," and went right back to. Watching the uh, game, I was like, oh, good "Lord, we don't know these people." Um, but he tends, to, he enjoys sitting behind the visitor visitors bench and heckling mm-hmm. them for most of the nice. game. I like it. Uh, and then he tries to butter them up at the end of the game and see if he can get some gloves or something from them. But <laughs> it's it's a good experience. <laughs> that is, it's worked. It's worked, at it? Yeah. Well, uh, you said it's fun. Yeah, you said you've been—you know—he's been around football. Tell the listeners what you do for a living, Dale. Uh, I I teach and coach high school football uh, at Summerall, and uh, that's where me and Lane know from each know each other. We worked together at Perry Central in uh, whatever year that was, two thousand and fourteen, fifteen, somewhere in there. Yeah, I got uh, all my years; they all jumbled together. But yeah, we had a good—we had a fun little stop together at Perry Central. So, yeah. He's a ball boy and water boy every every Friday night. And nice. He comes he to practice that. and goes yeah. to beatings and everything. So awesome. Well, awesome. Well, Lane, let's let's dive into it, man. All right, let's get the holy cow segment going. Holy cow! So you know, we it was an ugly Saturday, not just because of the weather, but because of you know the performance on the field. I don't think any player, any coach, anybody, fan, whatever was happy with the outcome of that game. Um, but I'm going to say, I think I'm going to give my holy cow to, that uh, I may get some slack from this from some of y'all. That's all right. I can take it. But I'm, I think I'm going to give it to Will Hall. You know, he saw that uh, Zach Wilkie wasn't clicking early in the game, and then he, you know, gave it to Jack, uh, Lang for a couple of drives, and then he went to Trey Lowe. And, um, you know, 
I think by that point it might have been too late, but I do want to give him credit for trying and throwing out some some Hail Marys, so to speak. Um, so I guess I would go to Will Hall. I'll give him this. He does not mind rolling the dice and just flipping right. script on what he had planned. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you know, the, I don't know if Wilkie, I don't know if Lane got hurt or if it was yeah, a space yeah. deal, but um, we hadn't seen Trey Lowe since the uh, Liberty game and he came in and looked pretty good. So, yeah, he did look decent. Um, you know, that was, yeah, it took some guts now. It it's hard to just wholesale on your quarterback like For that. Sure. He's, he's shown week in and week out. He's going to roll with the hot hand, the one that, that's performing the best in the moment. Right. And he, he doesn't really care any other way. So I'll, I'll give him props on it. He, yeah. He's, he's got some guts on that now. Yeah. All right, Eli, what about you, man? Who was your player of the game or holy cow moment? There weren't many, but I'd have to say probably Frank Gore Jr.'s 43-yard touchdown run. He had a pretty good day with 11 carries for 87 yards. So That's a pretty decent day. You're right. But the only person that stood out for me that actually looked decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Yeah, Frank Gore averaged 7.9 yards a carry. That's pretty good. That's pretty good numbers right there. Makes you want to run it every time if you get those yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a 43-yard run will obviously pad that number a little uh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Either way, I mean, he's he's been a pretty consistent player of the week for us every week by yeah. somebody. He's, you know, he's he's put together a good season. Dale, what about you, man? Um, I, It's a tough one. I mean, I think y'all probably uh, hit the nail on the head with someone y'all said, but I'm going to go the opposite way of, holy cow, how could we – from a defensive line linebacker standpoint, go from uh, allowing uh, 69 yards against ULL on the ground to allowing 388 against Georgia State. It was kind of a <laughs> kind of opposite way of like, holy cow, how did we flip the script so bad on that? And I know Lane last week you talked about uh, you was interested to see the matchup of strength on strength. And I guess that yeah. it didn't turn out too well. You know, the the number one thing I think I was scared of was a quarterback running the ball. I don't think I, thought, I, I even thought about the running, like them just running straight down the pot, like right down our throats like mm-hmm. they did. Like, yeah, I think early on it was kind of a scheme deal and they were kind of hurting us on kind of a bend back on the backside. And then as the game went on, it became almost a, I guess an effort and <laughs> was tired and hit in the mouth every every time he, he they touched the ball. Right. I mean, props to Georgia State, man. Like I, I even like like I was watching their head coach on the sideline. His demeanor, he just looks like an old O line coach, you know. And I think they said he did used to coach offensive line. Well, my holy cow player of the game, and uh, this might be the best summary of the entire game is uh, Mason Hunt. <laughs> so, uh, you don't generally want your punter to be your player of the game, but he had 10 punts, uh, for 459 yards. He averaged 45.9 yards a punt. Uh, he pinned them inside the 20 twice, um, had three punts of over 50 yards. Uh, Mason, you know, for, for the struggles we had defensively, Mason did put us, put us in good positions. A lot of times he he helped us out in the field position battle. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to take advantage of that on 
uh, Saturday, but, you know, Mason Hunt did his job to flip the field and keep us in good situations defensively. We just didn't capitalize on it and, and keep them from, from doing their thing. So, uh, some other notables from the game, uh, just throwing some of them out there. We mentioned Trey Lowe played. Uh, he went six for 14 for 84 yards and a touchdown pass. That was the only touchdown pass of the day. Um, uh, we mentioned Frank Gore. Uh, he had the long rushing touchdown of the day. Receiving-wise, the guy received the touchdown. Chuck, your boy, Cole Cavallo. Cole Cavallo, throw it to the tight end. end. Son. It was his first career touchdown yep. reception. So uh, Cole Cavallo is now officially in the in the books for Division One touchdowns. He is he he has a score next to his name. So um, other highlights on receiving were t- uh, were Ty Mims and Jason Brownlee. Both of them have four catches. Mims had sixty eight yards. Brownlee had sixty five. Um, you know, like we mentioned, it wasn't our best day. It just wasn't. Dalen Gill led the way in tackles with 12. Again. Uh, again, yeah. That's kind of a general theme lately, isn't it? Yep. Um, followed by Jalen Williams with nine and Santra Latham with eight. So uh, that was kind of your numbers going coming out from that game. The big number that sticks out to me, y'all know I always try to look at the sack numbers to give you an idea how we performed, and we gave up seven sacks. So, Which was a school record for them, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Like yeah. it was, you know, there's no way around it, guys. I right. mean, you know, we try to be exactly. positive on the show. Um, we try to be positive every week, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not into bashing our players or our people, but we just had an off day, man. It was a bad game. It was a really bad game, you know, and defense had an outlier game to me, yeah. you know, like Dale, you mentioned it. It was just like, Holy cow, what happened? You know, that's how big of an outlier this game was to me. Um, honestly, I, to me, it's one of those games. They just, they caught us on a bad day. We didn't play well and we got bad results. So, true. Um, you got to put it behind you in a hurry and get ready because we got a good bunch coming up this week. So, we anybody do. got anything they want to add to this one? I tend to think, um, I guess from a coach's perspective, you don't really know what went on behind the scenes during the mm-hmm. week. Um, I know flu's been pretty rampant, so you, you kind of wonder if there was some uh, some illness issues through the week that you don't hear at, hear of as a as a, a fan, just a fan yeah. that the guys were able to play. But how much? You know, not trying to make excuses for them, but that's playing at a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Caston was out and Janari Dean was out. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly. I think Caston was hurt. I'm not sure why Dean was out. But, you, you know, you just don't know who missed practice time during the week and who was 100%. Yeah, there's a lot that happens that we don't have information for. So, yeah, Dale, you're definitely thinking from a coach's perspective because I don't know at some role if y'all ran into that. But I will say at Taylorsville, we uh, illness definitely played a factor in our game last week even. You know, we came away with a win, but like we, uh, throughout the week, we were kind of piecing it together and doing what we could. We had, we had a little, a little bug run through our field house, you know? So our, our head coach tested positive for flu on Friday and was a hundred running 102 fever. He didn't wow. Even make the game. wow. And that was first round playoffs. So yeah, we definitely felt, felt it. Yeah. You just never know, man. It just, it happens. So. 
but we got to put it behind us because Eli, who's coming? Who we who we going to play this week? The Chanticleers. The Chanticleers. That's right. As as the Sun Belt likes to call them, COVID Carolina. COVID Carolina. <laughs> the so, chickens. That's right. Chicken. The beach chickens is what I heard somebody call them. So, <laughs> um, we're headed to coastal Carolina. So let's get the can't wait segment going. Can't wait. All right, Chuck. Going into this week, what about this upcoming game makes you say, I can't wait for Saturday? Well, you know, I think we have a lot of room for improvement. So I can't wait to see how they improve, how they come out and respond to being beat up and um, embarrassed at their own own house last Saturday. So I can't wait to see how they respond. I hope they come out, punch people in the mouth, and uh, win this game. You know, win a game we, the whole country says we're not going to win. So uh, I'm anxious to see that. Ready? I think this game opened as the biggest spread. Like, we opened as the biggest underdog that we've been most of the year. Yeah. Like, this might be the biggest point differential in the spread for us. Um. I think if I if I saw it right, probably. So, Dale, what about this game makes you say I can't wait? Uh, I think it'd be just can't wait to see how quarterbacks are used this week. Uh, I watched a clip from um, Will's pressure earlier today, and they asked him what quarterbacks were going to play or something along those lines, and he said we're going to play a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> so, so that that'd be interesting. Uh, just just to see if we can get some consistent quarterback play. Because if you look through the years, the years that we've been good have been years that we've had good good quarterback play, whether it's Nick Mullins or Austin Davis or Dustin Allman or uh, any of those guys. And then on top of that, I can't wait to see the teal field of Coastal Carolina. Oh, yeah, the teal, the teal field. Eli, what can you not wait for? Oh, I can't really wait for this game. Uh, this game can't get far enough away. Uh, <laughs> so I'm most likely looking forward to South Alabama, mainly just because they smoked us last year, like 31-7 to in Will Hall's first career game at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. So just to, like, just to maybe get back at them a little bit. And also, we, we kind of recruit in the same area as them. So, like, if we beat them, then that then we could possibly get some better recruits. And if we beat them at there's a chance that it would keep us in contention to make the conference championship. So, all right, hoping. probably a lot of things on the line for that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely have some fun stuff to look forward to for sure. Uh, for sure. That's the beauty of the Sun Belt, baby. We still got big matchups coming, big ones for us. So, um, all right. Well, I'm gonna jump into my can't wait here, and y'all know I'm gonna I'm gonna geek out right here and talk about some stat stuff. So, bear with me here. My number one thing is I can't wait to see what our defense is about to do with this Coastal Carolina offense, because boys, Coastal Carolina has a fantastic offense. They put up 32 points a game, is what they're averaging. Um, let's see here. They're averaging uh. Average per game, they're averaging 174 points, 175 yards rushing per game, and they're averaging uh, 265 yards passing per game. So um, that comes out to, um, you know, on the season, they have, uh, 
that you know they're averaging 439 points they're averaging about 440 yards a game on offense so um they're a good football team guys a really good football team and that's compared to now their defense is averaging uh giving up 408 yards a game so you know their defense has been suspect at times but their offense has been pretty much lighting it up and uh their defense is averaging about 27 points a game given up so that's what you're looking at when you look at coastal carolina guys um and this is our first ever matchup against them correct it is it is and so coastal carolina is a fun football team to watch Mm -hmm. guys they've they've had some really impressive seasons this year they're eight and one on the season five and one in the conference they're a really good football team to me, the biggest thing is how's our defense going to hold up? That's my number one deal here. And, guys, you know, we had a bad game. We already talked about it. It's not time to hit the panic button by any means. We are still the nasty bunch defense. We just had an off day, you know. Yeah. And so I look forward to seeing our guys step up to the challenge. I think they will. I trust our, our defense to step up to the challenge and hold Coastal Carolina at bay and get, and give our team a chance to win the football game. I do. And for that to happen, here's the individual players for Coastal Carolina. We're going to have to stop. Um, So let's start with a quarterback. Coastal Carolina has got a special quarterback, guys. He is a redshirt junior. He's been the starter there for um, the past several years. Uh, I'm trying to look up how many years he's been the starter. It's been several years here. Um, His name is Grayson McCall. Uh, to me, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. Uh, he's a he's a really good football player. So um, he is from North Carolina, Indian Trail, North Carolina. Um, he's a red shirt junior, and and guys, he's he's a good one now. He's a good one. So he's he's the guy that I think we've got to get pressure on, and we've got to get him out of out of a rhythm. So Grayson McCall, he's number ten. That's the quarterback. That's his number. His number ten uh, on the season, guys. He's thrown for over two, over twenty three hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns compared to one interception. So he's thrown twenty one picks or twenty one touchdowns, one interception. He's taking good care of the football. His top receivers. They have another. They have a big time receiver in Sam Peakney, number fifteen. Uh, he has two touchdowns. 708 receiving yards on the season. He's averaging 78 yards a game. Uh, Jared Brown's averaging right around 78 yards a game, too. Uh, He has five touchdowns on the season. So those are kind of their top two receivers, number 15 and number 14. Um, Number 84 is the tight end for him, Jacob Jenkins. He's had an impressive year in the red zone, had five touchdown catches. So. He's one to watch for when they get down in the red zone. And their top running threats um, are C.J. Beasley's. They're they're starting running back, number four. Uh, And then Grayson McCall is one of their top rushers. He has four touchdowns on the season. And Reese White's another running back that's going to carry it. So, again, a really good football team. Those are the top guys to look for. Um, So, running the football four and two. Uh, receivers 14 and 15, and then throwing the football is number 10 for them. So, um, you know, de- and, and so they're, they're a good football team, guys. They are defensively, they're led by JT Killen, 
number 21. He has a significant amount of tackles more than everybody else on the team. He has 73. He's by far their tackle leader. So that's the rundown on the Chanticleers. Did I say it right, Eli? Sounds right to me. All right. It's good enough for Eli. It's good enough for me. So the uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, guys, that's the rundown on them. Big game. I'm excited to see our defense versus Grayson McCall. I really am. He's a good player. So, does anybody else have anything else they want to add to that? Nope. Let's just go out and win, guys. Let's just, just take them down. We got a big opportunity. Like I said, they're 8-1 and one on the season. Uh, no, I mean, a lot of publications and stuff are, are putting us as big-time underdogs. We got nothing to lose. You know, let's go out. Let's get after Play these hard. dudes, man. Let's put pressure on McCall, try to force a few turnovers. He's taking care of the ball all year. Um, let's see if our defense can get out there and ba- have a big bounce back game. So, big opportunity here. All right, y'all ready to get into some pick Let's pick them. Heck right. yeah. Here we go. So, we'll start it out here with you can literally feel the fury still coming from this team, right? Uh, this team that that had a loss on Friday or on uh last Saturday night, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay, as I say it, I can literally hear people talking about, you know, you tear down your goalpost every time you beat us, but we don't tear it down when we beat you. I can literally hear it in the background. Can y'all hear it? Um, so the Alabama Crimson Tide are headed to Oxford to play against the Ole Miss Rebels. Alabama is number nine in the country. Ole Miss is number eleven. Um, right now, as it sits, Alabama is the favorite by 12 points. So let's start with Dale. Dale, is Alabama going to have the goalpost torn down on them for a third time this year? Uh, I don't know if they will or not. I think Alabama, uh, Ole Miss's defense is a little undersized. And, um, I think Alabama will be able to take advantage of that only thing that would would be concerning is if um alabama players feel that uh with two losses they're kind of you know if they're only championship or bust um if they kind of feel like what they're playing for is is out of reach at this point in time um and just kind of have a letdown from there a good point of view right there all right eli thought I do think Alabama will win, but but I don't think it will be a blowout because Alabama's coming off of a loss and Ole Miss is coming off a bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for Alabama. Now I'm not saying they'll win, but I don't but but I don't think they'll lose like thirty five to nothing. I got you, Chuck. Is this is this an upset pick for you this week? <laughs> well, it was you know, last week, and was. you were right. I was, and I, I you know I got a little flack for saying that. Uh, I thought Brian Kelly was a better football coach than Nick Saban. Uh, and I stand by that. I do. I didn't, and, I didn't go that far, but yeah. yeah I, I did. I went that far. I gave, I gave Chuck props. I, I posted a Facebook status about you. He I did. gave you props. He, he, he made did. dance better than Saban. That's, yeah. I, I think he's a better, I think he's a better football mind. I really do. Like, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I sincerely, and I hate the fact that he's at LSU. I hate it. But I really think Brian Kelly's a good football coach. So, with that being said, uh, uh, Ole Miss versus Alabama, 
I think you're going to look at Alabama's first uh, two-game losing streak right here mm. in a while. How long has it been since they had lost two games in a row? I don't know. Uh, I, you know, and I and I'm only saying that because I I kind of agree with Dale. I kind of think the players have been deflated, um, and to drop from what were they number one, number two a couple weeks ago, and now they're number nine, number ten. Yeah. Um. It, it, we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong, but well, guys, I'll say that Alabama is young. They're mm. really young. Like when you look at their team, their roster, they got a bunch of freshmen playing, a bunch of young guys, especially the receiver position. So they've struggled at times. Um, but I will say this: when you look at their scores versus Ole Miss's scores, one thing jumps out to me, and it is that Ole Miss's defense has been exposed on multiple occasions this season. Okay, Auburn hung 34 on them. Vanderbilt hung 28 on them. LSU hung 45 on them. I think Alabama's offense hangs a bunch of points, even with young players. I think Alabama wins this game. So I don't know if they cover a 12-point spread, but I do think they win. So that's what I'm going to go with there. Plus, I can't pick Ole Miss in good conscience. So I hate Ole Miss, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, then, we head to the UCF night, the fighting John Rice Plumleys, if you will. Is he uh, back playing? I don't know. They kept him out as a precaution yeah. last week, but nobody's really come out and said he had a concussion About, or anything. Yeah. He did get knocked, like, he smooth did. out in the game he got hit. Yeah. I'm hoping he's back. Um. But UCF, number 22 in the country, headed to number 17, Tulane. The game is in Tulane. So let's start out with Eli. Eli should be mentioned that Tulane is the favorite by two points. Well, if Tulane lost to us, then I feel like they could lose to UCF. <laughs> Can't argue with that logic, Can't can we, guys? Can't argue with that logic. Also, <laughs> I feel like this line could change no matter, like, like, like the closer it gets with John Rice Plumley's status and is he going to play, is, is he not going to play? Yeah, I think I a lot like of if he does play, on. it'll be a significant in, in, impact. And, and, and if he doesn't, it'll be the same way, just the other way around. Yeah. 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 Sound like yeah, Rick Corsa. Who, who are you picking? <laughs> not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> who are you picking? Um... I'll say U- UCF. All right. I dig it. Dale, who's your pick? Um, I, I'm a little, I guess my opinion is a little bit biased here because I did watch us beat Tulane, and I was not terribly impressed with them when we played them. Um, being at home makes you want to pick them, but something tells me that UCF scores a lot of points and, 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 uh, Knocks off the, what are they, 17 now? The number 17 Greenwoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Chuck. I'm going I'm to keep it going. I agree with Dale Neely. I think it's going to be UCF. Boys, I think John Rice Plumley comes out of that tunnel like Shane Footsteps Falco versus Dallas, baby. And he leads the, the Knights to a victory. I at least hope that's what happens. Uh, so um, I'm going to go. Uh, UCF in this one, and I do think they cover. I mean, it's a two point spread. It's basically a head to head pick here, but I do think they, I do think they beat them, and I think they they beat them handily. And even if Plumley's not playing, 
They hung 35 points on Memphis without Plumlee last week. The week before that, they found a way to beat Cincinnati with a backup. They got a pretty good little backup who was the starter before John Rice came in there. Now, clearly, John Rice gives them an advantage, but uh, I'm going to go UCF here. So we got a clean sweep on UCF there. All right, the next one, we got number 24, Washington, at number six, Oregon. I feel like we've got a clean sweep here unless Chuck pulls a Chuck here. <laughs> so uh, let's go Eli first. It should be mentioned, Oregon is 13 and a half point favorites. I like Oregon. I mean, Bo Nix has seemed pretty much unstoppable all year, except for in the Georgia game, which Georgia makes everybody look bad. Yeah. All right. So Eli's going Oregon here. Uh, Dale, who you pick? Um, I don't. Somehow or another, when I looked at the match, the ranked versus ranked matchups, I missed this one somewhere along the way. So I don't have a heck of a lot of background knowledge. But from what I have seen, the Oregon has been pretty, uh, pretty dynamic with what they've done offensively. So I'll, I'll stay with Oregon with Eli here. All right. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with them as well and go with Oregon. All right. Well, I think you've got a matchup here of two really good quarterbacks. Uh, Washington's quarterback has 23 touchdowns, five interceptions. Bo Nix, uh, Oregon's quarterback. If that name sounds familiar, he was Auburn's quarterback and transferred. He has 22 touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, but I'm gonna go the Ducks. I'm gonna say Ducks win big here. I kind of, you know, I put ranked versus ranked matchups on here, but this one feels pretty one-sided as you look at the numbers. So I'm going to go Oregon here. They could prove me wrong, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the, I'm going to make the safe pick here. So, all right, next we got TCU at Texas. This is an intri- intriguing matchup to me. So the, the Horned Frogs, they're number four in the country. They're 9-0. and They're undefeated. They're headed. Uh, they're headed into, uh, into a hostile Texas Longhorns home game environment here. Uh, in-state game, big matchup for them. Uh, and right now, Texas sits as seven-point favorites. So let's start out with Chuck. Or let's start with Chuck this time. Chuck, who you going with? Well, you know, you know, I'm gonna say hook 'em horned. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think that. Is that Texas or is it at TCU? It's is at Texas. That? Oh, definitely Texas, Sam. All right. Uh, Dale, what you think? Uh, what's Texas ranked? Like 24th or something like that? Texas is 18th. 18th. TCU is number four. Uh, this is one of the few times this year that I've noticed where Vegas favors uh, the lower-seeded team. Uh, and I think Texas is a seven-point favorite. And uh, I feel like they know something we don't know. So uh, <laughs> when the when the 18 team is favored by seven over the number four team, I feel like there's something there. So I'm going to go with Texas. All right. Uh, Eli, what do you think? Well, I'm a big fan of TCU this year, but I feel like Texas has more experience in these big-time games. And I, th- I think it's at night, too. So I think the nighttime in Texas will be – too big for the Horned Frogs, and I think the Longhorns pull out the important W. All right. Guys, a matchup of two quarterbacks here. This is an intriguing quarterback matchup. This game is at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. 
Uh, be a good game to try to catch if you want to see some good quarterback play. On TCU's end, you got Max Duggan. Uh, he's thrown for almost 2,500 yards. He has 24 touchdowns and two interceptions. On the other side, you've got a Texas quarterback who had a ton of hype coming out of high school. He was the number one recruit, Quinn Ewers. He was an Ohio State commit originally, ended up landing at Texas. Quinn has had an up-and-down season. To me, this game depends on what version of Quinn Ewers are we going to get. Honestly, to me, that's what it depends on. And to me, that's going to be the difference here. What version of Quinn do we get? I'm going to go TCU. I'm going to I'm gonna go with, to me, I know TCU is the underdog here, but I'm going to go TCU because, to me, Max Duggan has a little bit more consistency than Quinn Ewers as of now. So I'm going to pick TCU because of uh, the quarterback play. So we leave from that, and we head into one Sunbelt matchup. I'm giving you one of them, but it's a big one here. The App State Mountaineers versus the Marshall Thundering Herd. So this is a big matchup here, guys. I think App State and Marshall are actually rivals. Uh, their, their campuses are not that far from each other. Uh, literally, the spread is one point. App State is a favorite by one point in this game. So it's pretty even um, across the board here. Uh, the game is at Marshall. So, and it's a 2.30 kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so, let's start out with Eli. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, Marshall got one of the best running backs in the country. What's his name? Kalen Laybourne? Laybourne, that's right. He got like over 1,000 yards. Yeah. I do think App State gets the W, but I think Marshall will keep it close. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point right there on Laybourne. He's a fantastic running back. All right, Dale, go ahead. Um, I had some stuff written down for this one, but I totally can't remember. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Marshall. I, I feel like they got a little bit more of a momentum headed into the game, and I'm kind of with you. It'll be a close game, but I'll give Marshall the advantage because they're at home. All right, Dale. Dagnabbit. Yeah, uh, that was Dale. Chuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we don't even look alike. Come on, man. Lame. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, Pate is like filling up his blooper reel. Right, off of me right. My bad. I'm going to go with uh, the Mountaineers. Uh, I think they started off hot and heavy, and then they got humbled, but I think they're going to pick back up. And, uh, you know, uh, Eli's right, they do have a great running back, but I think that their uh, defense has struggled a little on maintaining some of the passes. So I think if App State can get the uh, air ball going, that they'll be they'll be good. All right. This is a matchup to me, guys, of do you like running the football or throwing the football? We talked about Chase Bryce a little bit last week, the transfer in from Clemson. He uh he's the quarterback for App State. He's got twenty four touchdowns to five interceptions this year, twenty two hundred yards. He's a fantastic quarterback. Uh, Eli, a boy Eli brought up one uh Kalen Laybourne, one of the top rushers in the country. Uh, Laybourne's got thirteen touchdowns to go along with his over thousand yards. He's actually sitting at twelve hundred. I got the stats right here in front of me. So. Great pick there, Eli, and great reasoning. And because of that, I'm agreeing with Eli on this one there, Chuck. 
I'm going I'm I'm gonna pick the rushing game in this one. I'm gonna say the run game. I'm gonna say Marshall controls the clock. They control the game. This is a coachy answer here, Dale. I'm gonna say Marshall controls the game, they control the clock, and they find a way to, to ground and pound this game out and find a way to win the game at the end. So I'm gonna go Marshall in this one. I like that. So and that's all the pick'ems I had, guys. Well, Dale and Eli, man, we appreciate y'all coming on tonight. We hope y'all had a little bit of fun. And uh, thanks for letting Eli stay up past his bedtime. Um, and thanks for doing it a little earlier so I can go to bed early. <laughs> Cause oh, Lane yeah, appreciate to, it. Uh, Lane tries to keep us up late at night. I do. I've got, uh, real, real quick, i got Will Hall joined us over here. Will Hall is here. Will Hall. Will. He's not I mean, we got a great matchup c- c- coming up against the, <laughs> the clears and I just hope our guys can rebound up our defense to rebound. It's going to be a great game. Uh, to, to top, baby. To top. God love Do we have things. some Southern Miss guys on the team, Eli? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Are they true Southern Miss guys? True Southern Miss. I love, I love it, man. <laughs> that I was a great it. impersonation. So, so, listeners, Eli gave us this impersonation before we went live on the show. And said he wasn't going to do it, and all of us begged him to. So it gener- it genuinely thrills me that he came it, out with it. Does. Thank you there, Eli. I mean, I bleed black and gold. Bleed That's black right, and gold, baby. baby. Black bleed and gold. black and gold. So. Well, I hope everybody gets a chance to sit back, relax, and enjoy some football on Saturday. Spend some time with your family and root on the Golden Eagles. And uh, we will catch y'all next time. Adele, Eli, do y'all have anything you want to say to the to the listeners before we book it out? I appreciate you having us. We enjoyed it. Uh, wish we could make the trip to. I know y'all are making the trip to Coast Carolina, right? Yeah, we we our, our <laughs> private jet leaves that morning. But uh, all right, so, let yeah. me let me know what time we'll meet you. Yeah, we'll meet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I doubt we'll take any pictures. <laughs> right? Yeah, we won't. We won't take pictures. We don't want to rub it in people's face. Yeah, yet, take you know, our words for it. We were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, appreciate it, guys. Enjoy appreciate it. y'all. Thank y'all so much. Uh, thanks, listeners. Thanks, Pate, for making the sound and look good. Because trust me, tonight was a hard job. He's earning every bit of his paycheck. Um, until next time, and as always, Southern Miss. Who's up? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast.